Section 13 of Lives of the Ancient Philosophers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Lives of the Ancient Philosophers by Francois Fenelon. Section 13 Pythagoras. Pythagoras flourished about the 16th Olympiad came into italy in the sixty-second and died in the fourth year of the seventieth aged eighty or as some say ninety years the ancient philosophy is divided into two celebrated sects the ionic founded by thales of miletus and the italic founded by pythagoras aristippus the cyrenian says that pythagoras received his name from his pronouncing oracles as true as those of the pythian apollo he was the first who had the modesty to refuse the title of sage preferring rather that of philosopher the most generally received opinion concerning pythagoras is that he was a native of samos and was the son of nasarchus a sculptor some however maintain that he was of tuscan origin and was born in one of the cluster of little islands in the tyrene sea of which the athenians possessed themselves pythagoras learned the employment of his father he made with his own hands three silver cups which he presented to three priests of egypt at first he was a scholar of the sage pherecydes to whom he was warmly attached and who fully returned his regard pherecydes was once dangerously ill and pythagoras was anxious to be admitted into his presence in order to ascertain precisely how he was pherecydes fearing lest his disorder might be infectious shut the door quickly upon him and then putting his hand through an aperture look at my fingers said he and judge from them of the state i am in you see they are quite emaciated after the death of pherecydes pythagoras studied some time at samos under hermodamus but feeling an irresistible desire to become acquainted with foreign manners he afterwards left his country and all that he possessed in order to gratify his inclination by travelling he tarried a long time in egypt for the purpose of conversing with the priests and of penetrating into the most secret mysteries of their religion and in order that he might be treated with proper respect polycrates wrote a letter of recommendation for him to amasis king of egypt pythagoras afterwards went into chaldea in order to study the science of the magi he then gratified his curiosity by travelling into various other countries in the east he likewise visited crete where he formed a close intimacy with the sage epimenides and hence he returned to samos the grief he experienced at finding his country groaning under the oppression of polycrates made him take the resolution of exiling himself he therefore went to italy and settled at crotona in the house of milo where he taught philosophy and hence it is that the sect of which he was the founder is styled italic the reputation of pythagoras soon diffused itself throughout italy more than three hundred disciples gathered around him and formed a little republic admirably regulated 
many have asserted that numa was among the number and that he was actually living with pythagoras at crotona when he was elected king of rome but good chronologists have shown that the story has no other foundation than the similarity of thought in the parties for numa lived long before pythagoras this philosopher held that among friends all things ought to be common for that friendship made every one equal his disciples claimed nothing for themselves they joined their possessions together and had only one purse the first five years which they spent under the instructions of their master were passed in listening to his precepts without ever opening their own mouths for the utterance of a single word after this long and rigorous trial they were allowed to speak to visit pythagoras and to hold conversation with him pythagoras had a majestic air a noble figure and an engaging countenance his constant dress was a robe of fine white cloth exactly adapted to his form he was subject to no passion and maintained at all times a reserved and serious demeanor he was never seen to smile or heard to utter a pleasantry he would never chastise any one when he was angry not even a slave his disciples believed him to be apollo crowds came from all parts to have the pleasure of listening to him and of enrolling themselves among his followers every year brought more than six hundred strangers from different countries of crotona for this purpose and he among them who had the happiness to converse with pythagoras for a moment was an object of distinction in the eyes of all the rest pythagoras framed laws for various countries at their particular request so greatly was he venerated that his words carried as much weight as the oracles of delphos he expressly forbade oaths and appeals to the gods he used to say that every one ought to make it a rule to himself to act with so much circumspection and integrity that his bare assertion should in all cases be received without hesitation pythagoras held that the world was animated and intelligent that the soul of this immense machine was ether from which emanated all other souls both of the brute creation as well as of men he believed that all souls were immortal in their nature but he thought that they wandered about in the air and entered indiscriminately into the first body that they found ready for their reception thus for instance that a soul on quitting a human body might enter into that of a horse an ass a wolf a mouse a partridge a fish or any other animal as readily as into that of a man in the same manner he believed that a soul on leaving the body of any animal whatsoever might enter equally into that of a human being as into that of a brute it was from this view of the subject that pythagoras expressly forbade the use of animal food he held it to be the same crime to kill a fly a worm or indeed the meanest insect as to kill a man since throughout all animated nature there was but one and the same source for souls in order to gain his system of metapsychosis universal belief pythagoras gave it out that he had formerly been athelides and had under that name been considered the son of mercury that mercury had at that time given him leave to ask whatever he desired and promised him that with the exception of immortality whatever it might be it should be granted 
that he accordingly requested that he might be permitted to retain his recollection of the events that should take place in the world whether he might himself be in a state of life or death and that in consequence of his request being granted he had from that time retained a perfect knowledge of everything that had happened after that he had ceased to be athalides he became euphortos and that he was at the siege of troy where he was dangerously wounded by menelaus that his soul afterwards passed into the body of hermotimus and that he then in order to convince all the world of the fact of this gift having been bestowed on him by mercury went into the country of the branchides entered the temple of apollo and pointed out his buckler all pierced which menelaus had consecrated to that god on his return from troy in acknowledgment of his victory after hermotimus he became a fisherman in the body of phyrus and at last the philosopher pythagoras without reckoning his appearance as a cock a peacock and so forth he affirmed that in his journeys to the infernal regions he had witnessed the soul of hesiod chained to a column and grievously tormented and that as for homer's it was suspended from a tree and surrounded with serpents on account of the falsehoods which he had invented and attributed to the gods and that the souls of those husbands who treated their wives with harshness and severity were likewise horribly tormented pythagoras had a deep cavern dug in his house it is said that he begged his mother to write an exact account of everything that might occur during his absence he then shut himself up in his cavern and stayed in it a whole year when he emerged from it at the expiration of that time he was so pale and meagre that he was frightful to behold he called the people together and informed them that he had just returned from the infernal regions and in order to gain their belief in the narration he meant to give he began by informing them of every event that had taken place during the period of his disappearance the people were amazed at everything he said and imagining that there must be something of the divinity connected with this person they began to weep and send forth loud cries the men earnestly besought him to take upon him the instruction of their wives and hence the women of crotona have been styled pythagorea pythagoras had unknown to any one tamed an eagle and trained it to come to him on hearing a particular cry being one day at the public games he brought the eagle with him in the way he was accustomed to do and perceiving the amazement of the people he endeavored to increase their wonder and to render his artifice more specious by showing them all as they were assembled that the bird had a golden thigh attached to its leg pythagoras only offered up loaves cakes and other substances of that kind in sacrifice he said that the gods turned away in horror from bleeding victims and that to pretend to honor them by polluting their altars with such offerings was the surest way to draw down their indignation there is a great probability that all these maxims of pythagoras had for their chief end the abolition of luxurious habits and the recommendation of simple modes of living in their place for the functions of the body and the operations of the mind all go on with most freedom and regularity under the influence of temperance 
and to set an example himself of that virtue he rarely drank anything except water and lived entirely on bread honey fruits and vegetables except beans for his exception of which however no sufficient reason has ever been assigned pythagoras compared life to a fair for said he as in a fair some come to exercise themselves in one sort of combat some in another some come to traffic others to look on so in life some are born the slaves of glory some of ambition and others content themselves with the investigation of truth he did not approve of any one soliciting things for himself because he held that we none of us know what is really good for us to possess he divided the age of man into four equal parts man said he is a child till the age of twenty a youth till that of forty a man at sixty and an old man at eighty after that he was no longer to be reckoned among the living he was very fond of mathematics and astronomy it was he who first discovered that the morning and evening star was the same and demonstrated that in every right-angled triangle the square of the hypotenuse is equal to the squares of the other two sides it is said that he was so transported with the discovery of this famous theorem that believing himself indebted for it to the inspiration of the gods he showed his gratitude by a hexatomb a sacrifice of a hundred oxen the story is related by several authors though it appears very repugnant to the doctrines of pythagoras it is possible however that these oxen might be composed for the purpose of flour and honey of which all the sacrifices of the pythagoreans consisted some have even asserted that he died of joy upon the occasion but this certainly is without foundation as appears from the account given by laertes pythagoras was extremely desirous to maintain friendship and good understanding among his disciples he frequently made use of allegories in his mode of instructing them for instance if he meant to signify to them that no one ought to endeavor to escape from justice he would say a man ought never to leap out from under the balance if to admonish them that they ought not to be so far devoted to the present as to think nothing of providing for the future he would tell them that they ought not to sit down on the provision of the day he advised them to pass a part of every day in private and to propose themselves at such times certain questions as and what have you employed this day where have you been what have you done well what have you done ill he recommended a grave and modest deportment to them and to keep their minds from all extremes either of joy or sorrow to cherish affection for their kindred to reverence old age to take exercise in order that they might not become encumbered with flesh not to spend their lives in travelling and to be scrupulous in honouring the gods and in rendering to them their due worship Zamoxis, the scythian a slave of pythagoras made such good use of his master's precepts that when he returned to his native country the scythians offered sacrifices to him and admitted him in the number of their gods pythagoras maintained unity to be the first principle of all things that from unity proceeds numbers and points from points lines from lines superficies 
from superficies solids and from solids the four elements earth air fire and water of which the whole world was constituted and that these elements were perpetually changing into each other but that nothing in the universe could be totally lost and that all that happened was only a succession of changes the earth he said was round and inhabited in every part consequently that there were antipodes who walked with their feet opposite to ours that the air which surrounded the earth was dense and almost immovable and to this he attributed the liability of all animals which inhabit the earth to corruption that on the contrary the air above the clouds was subtle and in perpetual agitation and therefore it was that all the animals contained in it were immortal and consequently divine thus the sun moon and stars according to him were all gods because placed in the midst of that subtle air and active heat which is the principle of life there are various opinions with respect to the death of this philosopher some say that certain persons whom he had refused to admit among his disciples were so angry at their rejection that they set fire to milo's house whilst pythagoras was within others affirm that it was done by the crotonians who were apprehensive that pythagoras had a design to get himself made king of their country however that may be one thing is pretty certain that when pythagoras saw the flames he quickly made his escape accompanied by forty of his scholars some say that he fled to the wood of the muses of metapontum where he allowed himself to perish by famine others assert that arriving in his flight at a field of beans his peculiar notions respecting that species of pulse would not allow him to pass over them it is better to die here said he than to destroy all these poor beans he therefore calmly awaited the coming of the crotonians who massacred him and the greater number of his disciples others again relate that it was not by the crotonians he fell but that war having been declared between the inhabitants of agrigentum and the syracusans he went to the aid of the agrigentans his allies and that on their being routed he endeavoured to effect his escape and then it was that he was stopped by a field of beans over which he could not prevail on himself to pass choosing rather to render his life to the syracusans who dispatched him with repeated strokes most of his disciples who accompanied him were also put to death a few only escaped among whom was archytas of tarentum who was accounted the most celebrated mathematician of his age End of section thirteen.